When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Wednesday, August the 19th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on August 19, 1814, during the War of 1812, British forces landed at Benedict, Maryland. The objective was to capture Washington, D.C., which is very close by, as you know. It was during that war, during the 1812 war, and during this effort to capture our capital, that Francis Scott Key, young lawyer, wrote the words, Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? Yeah, that, that song, the national, our national anthem. Today in 1807, Robert Fulton's North River Steamboat arrived in Albany, New York. He'd, they left New York City two days. Everybody thought that was pretty spectacular. They made it up the river two days. Today in 1812, the, US, the USS Constitution defeated the a British frigate off Nova Scotia during the War of 1812. It earned the USS Constitution the nickname Old Ironsides. Today, in 1848, the New York Herald reported the discovery of gold in California. The gold rush, Sutter's Mill. It all began with that newspaper article, today in 1848. Today, in 1909, the first automobile races were run at the just-opened Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The winner of the first event was was an automobile engineer. His name was Louis uh, Schweitzer. He drove a a car that was a Stoddard Dayton. Don't see many of those around. I don't think we ever saw many of those around. But anyway, he was driving a Stoddard Dayton. It was a touring car. He drove it uh, twice around the track. The track is two and a half miles, as you may know. His average speed was 57.4 miles per hour. Today, 1934, a plebiscite or a a uh, majority, 38 million Germans voted to approve the vesting of sole executive power in a man known as Adolf Hitler. Today, in 1990, Leonard Bernstein conducted what turned out to be his last concert of his career in Lenox, Massachusetts. He was conducting the Boston Symphony Orchestra. The program ended with Beethoven's Symphony No. 7, which is a great, great work. I have a lot of interest in music. I, At one time in my life, I, it looked like I might make that my career as a young man. I love music, all kinds of music. I like classical. I like jazz, all kinds. Mostly Christian music for the reasons we all know, but I love music. Today in 2004, Google began trading on the NASDAQ stock, stock market. It ended the day today in 2004 at $100.34. It's trading today at, I, I, the stock market comes up on my computer screen. I wasn't looking at it, but I think I saw it at like $1,500 or $1,600 today. Anyway, went on sale on the, on the NASDAQ 
today in 2004. One year ago today, Democratic presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren, remember her? <laughs> she, the lady who screamed and waved both arms while she was talking? Well, anyway, she offered a public apology to Native Americans over her past claim that she was one of them, that she was part of the tribe. They came out and said, no, no, you're not. Donald Trump, of course, challenged that as well. So she probably unwisely, <laughs> she said, well, I'll just get a test and I'll prove to you. So she did and whatever, you know, she did a, a some kind of a, she got some kind of a profile on herself or whatever. And no, she is not a, an American Indian any more than anybody else is. So she apologized today. One year ago today, and speaking of politics, the Washington Post wrote an interesting article today. I can see why. It's lengthy. I just want to touch on a couple of things they said. The Democratic Party's highly choreographed effort, the Washington Post says this morning, of course, in full support of anything and everything that's said and done in this convention, viral convention. They said the Democratic Party's highly choreographed effort to show unity as its national convention this week experienced a brief interlude Tuesday night, last night, when one of the party's most prominent liberal stars took the virtual stage, though only for a minute. What they're talking about is Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, it's a procedural thing. She wasn't trying to subvert. I mean, I, if she were, believe me, I would tell you. But she wasn't trying to subvert the process there, the legal or the political process of the convention. But she, it, it's, a, it's a procedural matter. It's symbolic entirely. But they always kind of nominate the person, the runner-up to the person that's really nominated, the Joe Biden this year. And so she was, because she's very closely aligned with Bernie Sanders, she was um, given the opportunity or invited to uh, do this procedural nomination of Bernie Sanders. He, it, it was not, I mean, it looks like it was, she was trying to subvert the process in truth. And we always try to get to the truth here. She really wasn't, but it appeared that way. So anyway, that's what they're referring to in this, it, though only for a moment, liberal star uh, story. But anyway, what happened was um, she she moved to nominate from the floor officially on the record. She moved to nominate Senator Bernie Sanders for president. As I said, it was entirely symbolic. It was a procedural thing. They always do this. And um, but while the party gave this this congresswoman, Ocasio-Cortez, only a minute to speak, her message was very, very probably concerning to some of the people that run the party. Wouldn't Joe Biden probably, uh, he, he probably didn't get any of it. But anyway, she, she came up and said this in one minute. That's all they gave her. She said, quote, in a time when millions of people in the United States are looking for deep systemic solutions to our crisis of mass evictions, unemployment, and lack of health care, and out of a love for all people, I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont for President of the United States of America. What that said to the people, particularly Biden and his group that he's getting together, uh, Kamala and all of that bunch, 
What it said to them is, there are millions of people who voted for Bernie. And I have my new Green Deal, Ocasio-Cortez, which Bernie endorses, and all this other stuff. And you better be very, very focused on that while I do this procedural, symbolic nomination. That's what was going on there. And the media recognizes that, and it raised some issues. In fact, NBC, and I don't have the piece in front of me, but I read it about an hour ago, NBC put out a, 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 a text last night at, I think it was 1.15, it was this morning, 1.15 a.m. this morning, and they were suggesting in that, uh, maybe they were confused. Uh, maybe the person that put it out was confused. I mean, really, because it is kind of confusing that they do this. But NBC put out this thing at 1.15 a.m. this morning that essentially, I wish I had a copy of that. I, I just don't have it in front of me, but it essentially said um, that it suggested, the tone of it suggested, because it caught my attention, that somehow Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was trying to subvert the process of nominating Biden. He's already been nominated, of course, but somehow subvert that and undermine it. Not that she wouldn't like to do that. She would do that in a heartbeat. It's just a matter that she can't. So NBC put out this email and it, or this text, and it said something to the effect that she was trying to do that. She, she was up early this morning, and by 4 or 5 o'clock, she was on there, and she was texting, just blasting NBC. Well, that's to be expected, but what caught my attention was how quickly NBC got on their knees in front of this woman. And they were apologizing profusely. And they said, we have taken this down. We promise you, it is not there anymore. Yes, we saved it for the record, but it is gone. We are sorry. We should not. Uh, I mean, it was like, wow. Is she running NBC now? Well, they kind of are in a group. The group think of the Democrat Party is running all of the networks. And that was just an example this morning how NBC may have misspoke in the, not not the, not the text of what they said, but just the nuance of it, to even suggest that there was anything but 100% love and unity among the far left was to suggest something that could never exist in the make-believe virtual world of the far left radical progressives that we're dealing with today. I'm going to be talking to you for a moment this morning about this and something that Bernie Sanders said yesterday, last night, on um, or Monday night. It's amazing. And I think that it speaks, he didn't intend to speak to the Christian conservative people of America, but he did. And I'll tell you what he said and what we need to do about it. I noticed that uh, 18.7 million people, some are, they're, they're brought, <laughs> hired CBS and ABC last night, saying almost 19 million people. Well, they want it to be 19 people. They'll get the number up there sometime today. They'll find a TV set somewhere that somebody was watching that they didn't count or whatever. But um, the total number that Nielsen reported was 18.7 million people watched the first night. And they, they, the results aren't out from last night, so I don't know if it's up or down from that. But the number of people that watched the, the 2016 first night of the Democratic Convention was 
was 26 myth excuse me 26 million so it's really off from what it was you know four years ago i mean things are different now and <clears throat> excuse me this isn't a real convention i mean it's a viral one and those are the times that we live in you know the virus and all that but anyway 26 million versus 18.7 million that's a considerable drop i'm sure the networks are disappointed in that we'll see what happens when the republicans do their thing next week but uh, anyway i noticed that networks were trying to push the number from 187 to almost 1900 so people remember that or 19 million then they remember the 19 million number which is typical of the press i mean that's what they do i also noticed just by way of comment Washington Attorney General Bob Ferguson. I want to be very careful what I say here because I could say too much. But he announced a lawsuit. He says his lawsuit is intended to protect Washington State voting by mail. He's protecting Washington State from no less than President Donald Trump and his administration. They're changing the mail service. They could potentially delay delivery of ballots. They're trying to rig the election and on and on and on. So he is protecting the people as he prepares to run for governor as soon as he can get Jay Inslee out of the way. He wants to protect the state. That is his goal. Enough said. He never misses an opportunity. In a celebratory tone, Bernie Sanders told the virtual convention, that his now suspended campaign had moved this country in a bold direction. He said, many of the ideas, I'm quoting him, that we fought for, that just a few years ago were considered radical, are now mainstream. How did they pull this off? He's right. He's right. They are. A lot of them. From moral issues that Christians and conservatives care about, to political issues, to governing issues. Yeah, he's moved the country way left. And what was radical? In some cases, many cases, we'll find out how many cases in November, but in many cases, has normalized things that aren't normal. They've never been normal in America. These are times when we could get worried. (laughs) We could become burdened, weary, and worried. But you know what Jesus said about such times? He said, John 14, 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Peter knew those words well, and he wrote, it's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He wrote, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. It's that simple. We live in a day of chaos. We live in a day of fighting for the soul of America. And should they win the left, the radical left, progressive, so-called, should they win and capture the soul of America, so to speak, politically, things will get worse for Christians and conservatives. There is no question about that, and nobody doubts it on our side, on the conservative side. What they call progress is digressing into a pit of confusion and chaos. And if you want to see a picture of it, just look at the cities that are run 
by some of the folks that are called progressives, far-left, radical progressives. Seattle, Portland, Chicago. 19 shootings overnight in Chicago. <laughs> Last night. It wasn't even a big night. Weekends get worse. This was just a work night. Very, very interesting. Don Trump Jr. made a comment yesterday. I, I noticed it. I It was interesting. I, he said they were talking about how that we have to preserve people's right to vote. And if Trump doesn't let everybody mail in and the whole deal, they, say, they were saying to him, one of the news guys, they were saying to him, well, he's suppressing the vote. And he, they said the young people are not able to, to get out and to vote and they're in school or whatever. And uh, Donald Trump Jr., he said, he said, if they're able to loot in person, they're able to vote in person. That's the kind of conversation that's going on in our culture today. Very divided. The Democrats last night, including Joe Biden's wife, Jill, who I'm sure is a very nice person. I, don't, of course, don't know her, but she seems to be very fond of her husband. She should be. But she said we have to heal the divide. She said it, we're, we're, we're divided. And people keep saying we're divided, but we're not. She said we're one. No, Jill, we're not. We're not one. There is a great chasm. Nancy Pelosi is seldom right on things, but she was right on that when she said, I'm calling the House back into session to stop the president from stealing our mailboxes. We dealt with all that yesterday on this program. I mean, it's it's bizarre what they're saying and doing when the mailbox post the mailboxes have been loaded on trucks and being hauled around and stored since the Obama-Biden administration. Trump has really nothing to do with it. It's just the process. But they're making so much out of this, it's just stunning. I mean, it's hard to even respond to. But anyway, she said there's not a divide in America. Well, there is a divide in America, but it's not political. And if it isn't political, those folks, as well-meaning as they may be, and some of them could be, I don't know what their heart is. God knows their heart, but I know what their words and actions are. But she's very misled because there is a great divide in America, but it doesn't have to do necessarily with and primarily political. It has to do with spiritual. And when they say it's a fight for the soul of America— that is, the, in the truest sense, true. It is a fight for the soul of America. It's about what we believe in our heart, in our spirit, what we believe. It comes down to marriage and family and abortion, life and death. All of that, that is what this is about. So with that in mind, Sanders, he may be the only virtual Democrat independent who touched the truth I don't think he knows what he really meant. I mean, what he intended was different. But he's probably the only one that touched the truth in this infomercial that they're running. They're selling nothing but hate for Trump. I mean, that's what they're doing. And this whole thing is an infomercial, in my view. It's also known as the unconventional Democrat convention. But he inadvertently called Christians to action. And I hope we hear this because that's why I'm talking about it for a minute or two this morning. Bernie's right. He and his movement have moved this country in a quote-unquote bold new direction. And yes, what was considered off-the-page radical has become mainstream. We'll find out, as I said, just how mainstream this is in November. I pray he's wrong that there aren't more people 
that have normalized what isn't normal, but we'll find out. Not enough people moved further left to elect Bernie as the nominee, but almost. Biden was didn't win by a landslide slide until the last moments of the primaries. But representing his millions of supporters, Bernie met with Biden recently, and they forged what they called a unity agreement. It was designed to get Biden elected, of course, because the Biden people know that Biden can't get elected politically if he doesn't have the Bernie crowd behind him. Should they set out the election, and some of them say they're going to, that could really hurt Joe Biden. So the two announced this joint task force involving members of their respective staffs. They agreed to focus on six policy issues, immigration reform, climate change, health care, criminal justice, education, and the economy. The effort was, of course, designed to ensure that Biden embraces the issues of importance to Bernie's millions of far-left radical leftists. Now, back to Ocasio-Cortez last night. What she was saying in her one minute was, you guys better listen up, all of you Democrats, because we're not necessarily fully endorsing Biden, but we're agreeing to work with him and support him to get him elected because we hate Trump like you hate Trump. That's really the message. But she's saying, you better pay attention. Now, Biden hasn't shown a whole lot of, like, policy stuff. I'm sure he has ideas. It'll just be a, it'll be a kind of an echo of the Obama administration because he was part of it. But he hasn't had a lot of ideas that he's been putting out there. Most of it's been, well, he's been in hiding. I mean, really. I mean, honestly, he has. So he hasn't been saying much of anything. But his surrogates have mostly been talking about how to get rid of Trump. I mean, that is the election campaign theme, is to get rid of Trump. It doesn't matter what we're going to do with America. We've got to get rid of Trump. So in that context, Ocasio-Cortez was basically saying to her Democratic friends, you know what, you better kind of put the get rid of Trump thing on at least to the side of the page, and you better focus because we're going to support you, but that was the message that was coming out. So Bernie, I think he recognizes this. He knows he's in a powerful position, and so does she. So Bernie touched on the truth. And at the end of his speech the other night, he said this, and I quote him, But let me be clear. If Donald Trump is reelected, all the progress we've made will be in jeopardy. He believes that. So do I. If Donald Trump wins, all this nonsense that they're doing, thank God, will be in jeopardy. And they know it. And they are immersed in this dark world of so-called progressivism. To understand how Bernie and all of these guys moved the culture so far left, you don't have to look far to take an honest look at it, to turn on the light kind of clear out the smoke in the mirrors. You need to meet the godfather of the modern-day so-called progressive movement. It's how radicalism works. He wrote a book. His name is Saul Alinsky. Left-wing activists are smashing windows, they're burning buildings, they're destroying cities, businesses, neighborhoods, blocking traffic, hurting people, killing them sometimes, 
beating him senseless on the streets. Did you see that kid that was beat unconscious on a Portland street the other night? He's in the hospital. He was just trying to help a transgender black woman. And they called him a fascist. The Black Lives Matter people beat him almost to death. Saul Alinsky set the stage for this, rooted in Marxism, so cultural Marxism, but he set the stage on not only what to believe, but how to attack the enemy, the people that don't agree with you. That's the modern roots of disorder. They go all the way back. We saw that begin in 1969, and you could mistake this for 1969 and the riots, except this is so much worse, it's hard to compare. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Rodham, in those days, she gave the first student speech after the commencement in 1969 at Wellesley College. She just finished her senior thesis about Saul Alinsky. She's a devotee of his, with whom Hillary had become friends. He later tried to hire her, as a matter of fact. Two years later, Alinsky would release his most enduring work. He's written several books, Reveille and some others. But the one that everybody knows about is Rules for Radicals. A pragmatic primer for realistic radicals. Before Hillary gave her speech, Senator Edward Brooke, he gave a a speech. He was, at that time, a moderate Massachusetts Republican. He was the first African-American ever elected to the Senate. Dignified man. He delivered his speech, which was closely aligned with Martin Luther King's thinking of nonviolent protest. He said, coercive protest is wrong, he told the students. He said, because it's unnecessary. He said, right wins. We can win because we're on the right side. The black community deserves um, equality with the white. And so, and he's right. They do. We do. And he was making sense with his speech. Hillary followed him in her graduation speech, commencement speech. When she came to the lectern, she went off the script of her approved speech. The school had seen the text of her speech. She didn't even say what she had on her text. She said, quote, we're not interested in social reconstruction. It's human reconstruction. She told Brooke and her audience that for too long, powerful men have uh, misrepresented politics in the art of the possible, advocating a more aggressive Alinsky approach. She just took over the event. They couldn't stop her. I mean, all they could have done is walked up there and jerked her away from the microphone, I guess. But the left loved it. The press was there. They wrote stories. Pretty soon, Hillary, within just a matter of weeks, she was on the cover of some of the magazines. Time magazine wrote a feature that went on and on and on about her. I've read it. It's, it's kind of boring, but it's informative. She became a known quantity. Rules for radicals became a Bible of sorts for the radical left and gave authenticity to this rioting that we see in the streets today because Zelensky spoke only of the poor and the lower class people. He called them the have-nots. And he said, we've got to take from the haves and give to the have-nots. In Alinsky's paradigm, wealth and power are neither earned nor created. They must be taken because there's a sum, zero-sum view of economics and power. I'm going to have to end there because I'm running out of time, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about that. We may fit more of this about Alinsky in tomorrow. We'll see what happens overnight and what we'll be talking about tomorrow. Let me thank you in advance for your support. Thank you for standing with us. It's so very important, difficult times. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 
888-298-9009. Or you can contribute online at faithandfreedom.us. See you tomorrow.